Hello there, Madam Wu here, your homie, your sister, your friend, enjoying this beautiful Sunday, and I'm forever grateful for you joining me here today inside the flower pot where everything grows, where we can share a common thread of knowledge and work daily to bring fruition into our lives. I know I've been MIA for a few weeks, and I've been dying to get back with you guys, bringing you entries on the blog, as well as creating on the podcast. I've been doing a little bit of rebranding and redesigning and building a social media presence, as well as my portfolio. My website, you know, it's, it's been a bit of a, a challenge, you know, with learning to code, and I've been doing it all on my own. But, you know, I really desired that freedom because I don't want to be put into a box and saying, yeah, you could do this, but you can't go as far as to do this. You know, I want, I'm, I feel like I'm an artist and I want things to look how I want them to look. And I don't want to compromise. <laughs> I'm not a big compromiser anyway, you know. I'm determined to, you know, stick with it and, and hopefully have my site up by my new goal date. Um, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, you know, I must remain happy where I'm at and remain motivated for the moment, okay? I really want to say that today's topic um, is one that is very, very relevant, and it's relevant to the time that we're in right now. There's a lot of mischievous and devious things going on in the world these days, and things are just absolutely terrible and because we have the internet and this steady flow of information we can know really what's going on with everyone around the globe and that's a blessing I also want to point out that this week I received an amber alert for a six-year-old black female who was kidnapped and I just want to say that I hope that the family is doing all right. I hope that this little girl comes home safe and sound, and especially sound. You know, it's horrible when these type of things happen, and it really, really touches my heart. It really breaks my heart, actually, and I have children, I have little children, and to and to think of anything really happening to them, it just really puts me in, makes me feel vulnerable. It puts me in a very vulnerable position. And, you know, I just, I want to send blessings to everyone from the Most High because, you know, I pray with a pure heart, you guys, that everyone find peace within the storm that is brewing. You know, I hope that you take this and your life seriously and enjoy the time you have with your loved ones right now peace is love madam Wu, and you guys enjoy the show okay let us see what's growing in the flower pot today I look to the Most High in a world that defies the very existence of life, the walking dead. 
Wherever my passion leads me, I am willing to follow. The issue of voice now is one that essentially must be shouted from the rooftops. It ought be disclosed everywhere for the masses to see. Yearning am I to focus on the emotion and the fear surrounding the horrific things that are being done to women and children all over the planet. Because it's not just about the acts, but the effect those acts have upon the individual, the family, and society. The injustice we face is disturbing to say the least. The very people that should be protected and cherished are preyed upon by their protectors. The crimes committed against us are overlooked and measureless. You know, it's estimated that 600 women a day are raped and sexually assaulted in the US. The women most affected by this are young and impoverished women. I dare not say that 75% of all children experience violence a year, which is around 1.7 billion. This violence does include parental punishment and school bullying, yet what excuse is viable? This is just the tip of the iceberg. But let me be clear. When I say I do not believe in statistics. However, I provided some anyway for the sole purpose of perspective, just to give you a scope to measure against. I believe nothing can be fully understood or without bias. The absolute truth would be well beyond what we see or understand. This is a sacred mystery we humans cannot be in the presence of. A man only knows his life. That is why we must share our lives with one another. I'm not saying that the world should be perfect. For what is perfection but the creation itself? I do understand that things happen for a reason, even the crimes against children and women. It still is not a pill I should swallow happily or even at all. The worst piece of the puzzle is that folks will forget so quickly and life will go on. They consume themselves with the thoughts of gain and self. They will forget about the ones that we've lost, but the grieving loved ones are still heartbroken and will be to the day they die. I want to briefly discuss feminism. I've been tempted to write on the subject, but recently it's been taking quite a bit of time to pull together my work, especially when you try to be as well informed as you can. I do not know why I don't consider myself a feminist. You know, it's always seemed like something taboo to speak on. In my culture, it's a sign of disobedience a knife to the family structure, and an anchor tied to the drowning ideology of freedom for the black American. As though I am to be black before I am to be a woman. Yet according to the definition, I am just that. A feminist is one who believes in feminism. Feminism is the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of sexes. I like to think that I'm progressive and I am all for people living their best life. I am very traditional, some might say conservative, 
This is no way, shape, or form my thoughts on race and the federal and state system. I believe that the sexes are equal and that both of us bring to the table what is necessary for the table to stand. Both sexes needing each other for survival. For the small minds out there, I do not want to be a man. I do not want to do what men do. I do not want to be a part of the male game. I accept traditional roles, but like everything, it must be allowed to grow. I just want to stay in my own lane, you know, develop it as I choose and have it be respected. Not looked down upon or having to submit to another. No one should be able to say, oh, I can do this to a woman because she is beneath me. She should submit to me or she is weaker than me. I should not have to abide in a world with a man in order to be protected, own, or make a living. Anyways, I just I just had to get that off my chest because it is hard not to stand for something. Yet remember not to let that cloud our ability to discern or steal our peace. Like picking up a gun but refusing to shoot. And yes, I know how that sounds, but being armed, but knowing when to be dangerous is hard for some people to understand. Today, we're not here to talk about feminism. I want to discuss emotion and fear. This post was originally titled, Fearful and Emotional Mommy Part 2. Recently in my city, a three-year-old girl was kidnapped, drugged, raped, and murdered. That young girl's name is Camille McKinney. Every time I think on it, tears come to my eyes. You know, I refuse to put her name in the same sentence as those beastly practices. These are the practices of the weak-minded and insecure. At the time of this entry, I had a three-year-old daughter myself, and the thought of those egregious things happening to her is devastating. I cannot neglect the thoughts of my mind when they venture into these dangerous territories. My daughters all alone, not understanding why this is happening to them, where are the ones that love them, crying out for me to save them and me never showing up. No child should have to experience that and society should not accept this behavior. These type of people should fear us and they do not. Camille is certainly not the first and surely not the last. This is a sad fact. I'm a wreck when it comes to all the things that could happen to my child. I'm emotional and fearful when I consider these aspects. Long before this particular story crossed my path, I'm a realist and I have to see things for what they are. I think of all the ways I myself have been taken advantage of in my young life and yet nothing compared to others. I would hate for my children to be put in any situation that made them helpless, much less uncomfortable. As parents, there, there is this innate sense of protection we feel we must give to our children. It is our power that we need to protect them from everything and we would like to say that yes we can protect them from everything but in fact we cannot how do we balance our feelings of threat how do we 
not succumb to the seemingly real threats in the world. Not becoming overbearing, overprotective, and not live life to the fullest. It is hard not to consider these things as a single parent. Everywhere I'm go, I'm trying to keep up with three walking little ones, as well as focus on the task at hand. Honestly, it was a lot easier when they were babies and I was pushing a stroller. Now don't we wish that they could stay babies forever? We have very few choices, but we can still take precautions. Be more mindful of the places and people we entrust with our children. However, threats are seemingly everywhere these days, even in the less obvious places. As we well know, the places that once seemed safe no longer are. How can we not let the worry sit in the forefront of our minds? It is a perfectly okay to take measures to better protect ourselves and our children. Of course, who would deny us that? It's perfectly okay to explain to them the true danger and stranger danger, as well as the level of stranger that exists. A stranger, we know, is not always someone you have never met before. We have to remember to do it all in love and not fear. I don't want to frighten my children. I do want to prepare them though. I work on drills with them, just like the school runs drills for tornado and fire. My children and I run drills as well for safety measures and in case of what to do in case this happens. We have to put stock into these things as guardians. Prepare for the world in which you live, not the world you wish you lived. The truth is, I'm not responsible for my children. They are responsible for themselves. I presume that is the hardest lesson to learn as a parent. I do, however, have a responsibility to them. And I want to honor that responsibility. I want to provide them with knowledge and put them in places where their understanding can grow until they can choose those places and situations for themselves. As my children get older, there will be conversations that will need to be had. I can't be afraid to have those conversations and I can't feel so untouchable that these conversations become obsolete. There is a need to build honest relationships and I know I say that a lot, but even if they are young, do you really think three years old is too young? Our society wants to say, Don't take a child's innocence away. But who stole Camille's innocence? Society. Society allows this. We look the other way. Society steals our innocence. It's like the price we pay to live here. It is my child's innocence I want to protect. From those who wish to take advantage in more ways than one. We must equip our children with the tools, even at a young age. We must teach them that their greatest, most powerful weapon is their mind. And not just to hold knowledge, but to apply it. My quote for today comes from William Arthur Ward. Feeling gratitude and not expressing it 
It's like wrapping a present and not giving it. Take a few moments every day this week and feel some reverence for the situations women and children find themselves in every second of every day. Say a prayer of thankfulness that you and your family have been spared from this disease touching many across the globe. Let us this week show gratitude to our beloved children for their beauty and the gift of being able to bask in it. Let them know how appreciated they are in our hearts. We will never know until the day if we could be that devastated parent. It is okay to feel for others, even though you have never met. Let's say a prayer for all the grieving parents. Rest in peace, Camille. You have touched the hearts and souls of so many, you will never be forgotten. Peace is love, Madam Wu. What would Madam Wu do? Let's jump right in. Hashtag Dear Madam Wu. Dear Madam Wu, I come from a family full of matriarchs and they all are very good cooks. Every time we get together for parties or events or the holidays, they never let me cook. I asked, why can't I fix anything? They laughed at me and said that I can't cook. Their exact words were, child, you can't cook. <laughs> Why can I, what can I do <laughs> to prove to the women in my family that I can cook? They haven't ever had, they haven't even ever tasted my food. Madam Wu, what would you do? <laughs> you know, I'm starting to think that maybe I should practice these before I read them because you know, it's hard to read things that you you don't write. Well, it's easier to read them in your head. Um, but my response is, you know, I'm not a very good cook myself. You know, I can cook things. True enough, I can cook things. They taste good. You will eat them. You will love it. You will feel satisfied. But at the same time, I wouldn't consider myself one of those cooks that can just, you know, go in and make something off the, you know, just off the rip. You know, my mom is kind of like that. She could just go in the kitchen. It doesn't matter what's in that kitchen. She can make a meal out of that and it can taste good, you know, and it's going to be something that you're going to be like, oh, man, you just made a good meal. And so I really want that quality. But, you know. That to me means you're a good cook. When you can go into a kitchen and no matter what this person has in this kitchen, you can form something from that. So um, I don't consider myself a very good cook. And I don't think anyone in my family would think that I was a good cook. But there are things that I can make, you know, that taste good. And I say, I say just prepare something, you know. I know that when you get ready to go to these um, events, they're like, oh, you bring the mac and cheese or you bring the collard greens. Or, you know, the person that's good at doing whatever they're doing, they say, bring that. And you're probably in the back like, oh, you know, what could I bring? 
you know, it sounds like, and you know, they're like, girl, sit your answer, you don't got to do nothing. But, you know, I say prepare something that you want to prepare, that you know is not, you know, you could bring something that you cook very well, you know, your best dish, you could bring that, or, you know, if I was being a little petty, you know, and sometimes you do, we do have that petty spirit in us, you know, I would say... Whoever that was that said, you know, child, you can't cook, I would bring her dish. And then they would have my dish sitting right next to her dish. Um, and, you know, we see who was the better cook. <laughs> you know, if you got it like that, if you're boss like that, but if you really can't cook, then please, oh my God, please don't embarrass yourself. Don't play yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because you only get one chance to impress somebody, you know? And after that, you've completely lost it. Because afterward, they will know for a fact whether or not you can cook or not. So you kind of have this like element of mystery because nobody's ever tasted any of your food. But once you put your food out there for them to taste, then you're going to have criticism like nobody's business. So, um... But if I'm if I'm being really honest, I wouldn't really care if nobody thought that I could cook or not because um, if you are a, a mom, you know, or you're a parent and you're in the house, or you're a single parent, or you're the cooking in, in your household, then it doesn't matter when you go to these family gatherings. You know, chill out, go there, get you a good meal, um, maybe one be one of those people that take home a to go plate or whatever. But you know, just cook meals for your family you know your kids are gonna love your food you have children you know they're gonna love your food regardless you know so you're you're the matriarch you're talking about all these matriarchs but you're a matriarch you're a matriarch of your own family and your family are the ones that are gonna be feasting on your food every single day so I wouldn't worry about what no old people think because eventually these people in the family they're gonna be gone (laughs) I mean I'm gonna whisper and say they're gonna be dead you know, and then you'll be that person sitting on the other end of your family and you'll be the one making things. And then you can give a younger generation a chance to bring something to your event, you know? So, um, and usually with those type of women, cause when you said, child, you can't cook. When you said that, it made me think of those old women that don't have anything better or anything else going on in their life that they have to you know, make somebody else feel like they can't cook or they can't bring anything to the gathering because that's, that's lame. I'm sorry. But, um, hashtag Dear Madam Wu. <laughs> so next we have Dear Madam Wu, I am a single mother with not a lot of money to spare. I live paycheck to paycheck. I have a toddler two years old and he is active. He gets into everything. I do not have a lot of money to baby proof the house. These gadgets are so expensive. I just can't splurge. What would Madam Wu do? Oh my God, get it together, okay? Because I never baby proof no house. I mean, 
I did look at those things because um, at one point, you know, I went over to one of my friend's house and she had a gate up and stuff and, and it looks nice and it seems like, oh, this is something that you want to do or whatever. But um, yeah, I look at that stuff and I think this is such a waste of money. Um, your child is only in this space for like a certain amount of time. It's like a short, short period of time that they're in this crawling uh, getting ready to walk phase to where you couldn't possibly train them not to do what you want them to do. I mean, you could really train your kid to do anything, but they're just in that phase where they're just like, they're not listening to anybody. They're just exploring. And I totally get that. But, um, yeah, I never baby, I never baby proof no house. You know, I, you know, I never was that person that gated the steps, you know? Um, I just feel like if you want to fall down them steps, go right ahead because, you know, I just feel like, yeah, babies don't know a lot, but I always had this feeling that my children were really smart and I just didn't feel like they would do anything like that. I don't know if I was one of those kids that would, um, try to fall down the steps, but you know, you have death in your eyes, you know what I'm saying? So you can see that this is not something that you should do. And I feel like only really super duper adventurous babies do crap like that, you know? Um, and so I was just glad that my kids weren't those adventurous kids that would like stick, you know, metal into electrical sockets. Cause they're like, oh my God, uh, keep your kids away from the electrical sockets because they'll stick metal in there. Okay, first of all, where they're getting this metal? Okay, so like on the commercials or like the videos that you watch, the kid has like a spoon or a fork or something. And it's like, where did they get this metal fork from? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, come on now. If they can climb up in the drawer, get this metal fork or something like that, at that point, you should definitely be able to train them because that's doing too much. You know, and I just never had a kid that did that. I never had a kid that would like go into the bathroom, open up the bathroom cabinet, take the chemicals out, untwist them, and then drink them or some crazy shit like that. Now I'm in the emergency room because they've been poisoned. You know, I just, I never, <laughs> I never had a situation like that. So the only thing I say that you need, if your child can, your your child cannot behave and you got like a bad little toddler that's just wanting to really just tear up stuff, break up stuff, just really do the most. I feel like you should have a playpen. That's the only thing that you need. And like when I um, had the little baby set up or whatever like that, my changing table was actually um, a playpen. I got that changing table, playpen, sitting thing with the, um, you know, with the seat that sits down in it. And it was all like this big combo type situation. So, um, and I actually had a playpen that was a crib when I had the twins. That was with Amina. But when I had the twins, I got a bassinet. I, I got a bassinet. One was a bassinet and the other one was a playpen slash bed. So it was set up like a bed when they were a baby. And then you could take the bed off. And then there was a, a playpen down at the bottom. So I just suggest, you know, getting a playpen. And if they can't be still and do what you ask them to do, then put them in that playpen. Um, but you know, that's, you're probably going to have a crier, you know, put some toys down in there and you don't have to worry about where they are. You know what I'm saying? They are right there inside the playpen. They're not getting out of that thing. So hashtag dear madam woo. (laughs) 
Dear Madam Wu, I am 22 years old and a current college student. I've been on my own since I was 16 and I have put myself through college. I have not talked to my family since I moved out. I had my child at 21, so she is about one. Her father has wanted nothing to do with us despite my persistence. My child has no extended family. I have been wanting to reach out to my family, but I have been estranged from them for so long. I think, will they be mad at me? I just don't know how to do, I just do not know how to go about it. It's not like I have their numbers. Madam Wu, what would you do? Oh my God, I don't want to get involved in in really tough family issues. You know, this sounds really, really sad. It just sounds so sad to me. I'm actually tearing up right now at the fact that you're so young. You have this baby, you're all on your own, the father doesn't want to help you, and you don't have any any family to lean on. And that is just to that is a sucky situation to be in. And I'm I'm so blessed and, and I'm such a privileged person that when I couldn't turn to the person that helped me make my child, um, I was able to lean on my family and I'm still leaning on them and I just sometimes don't even know what I would do if I didn't have them. So that's just a really tough situation to be in, you know. You know, I know you don't have a way of getting in contact with them. And the only thing that I could think of to say is, you know, if you can't like do a drive by your old house, I would say, you know, try to look them up on Facebook because that's a lot of ways people, you know, keep in contact with each other and connect through Facebook. Um, but as far as the situation goes with your family, I, I don't know why you haven't spoken with them for years because, and it seems like a lot of years because you say you left home at 16, this is about six years. That's a lot of time. And... 16 is very young to leave home. I'm thinking 16? When you said 16, I mean, I'm I'm shocked. I'm like, well, you left home at 16? And I know people leave home at 16. I know people, you know, are out on their own. I know there are like young teens that are out here getting it on their own because they don't have a parent kind of structure in their home to where somebody's taking care of them. But 16 just is it's a very young to leave home and and honestly, I'd be worried about my own child, like if she just ran away and never came back and and I'd be worried, you know, I would be like really heartbroken. I don't know if you had your mom there or your dad there or what type of sh- structure you had at home, but I would think that maybe it would be a shock for them at first, you know, but if they loved you, if they care about you, then they won't care that you're coming home. And I don't think that they would care that you're coming home with a child. Um, you know, children in some situations can bring people together and they might be happy. Oh, now they have their daughter back. They have a grandchild and it might be a good, you know, a good situation. But, you know, you can never predict these types of things. You know, um, I would just prepare myself for it to go good and I would prepare myself for it to go bad. And I would, I would think that if you get rejected and they don't want anything to do with you 
or things are just as bad and it's just as, you know, complicated as when you left, then, you know, I say, you got your child, you got a family, go take care of your child, go take care of your family. You know, if you do right by your family, then everything else will fall into place and your child won't miss what they never had. You know, I know you want them to have a grandparent. I know you want them to have that extra extended family in their life. But sometimes it's just you and your kid. You know, that happens a lot. Sometimes it's just that. And you have to be okay with that because I feel like at one years old, it's more of a situation that you're more worried about than your child is actually worried about. And... You know, I'm really sorry for the situation that you're in and and don't be afraid to return home. You know, don't be afraid, but keep in the back of your mind that whatever you ran from, it is likely it is still there waiting for you. You know, um, sometimes people can wash things, you know, under the bridge, you know, water, wash it away. But a lot of times... You know, people are still holding on and people are still harboring things. So I don't know what would force you to leave home at 16. And it's like, that's, like I said, that, that to me is very young. At 16, I'd probably be somewhere in a ditch. So the fact that you've pulled yourself up by your bootstraps, you've put yourself through college, you're taking care of your baby on your own, says a lot about you. It says a lot about your character. And you should be proud of that regardless of what happens. <clears throat> Okay, hashtag Dear Madam Wu. Dear Madam Wu, my boyfriend of seven years has finally proposed to me. I am so excited that it is finally happening for me. In our relationship, there has definitely been infidelity and I know about it and he knows that I know. I have not wanted to lose him and whose man isn't cheating these days? Now that he is proposing, I would think that it would finally stop. That he is ready to move forward, being 100% committed to me. There is a part of me that thinks that he feels that because I have let it slide, it will be okay in our marriage. I am afraid of his response and afraid of what it will force me to do. I do not want to lose him. Madam Wu, what would you do? I I feel like some of these situations I can find something um, to relate to like a lot of these um, messages that I've been getting I can find something that's similar to that in order to you know measure or give you some advice about but this one is completely out of my range. I don't have anything really similar to this situation. I've never been in a um, committed relationship. I've never been in a relationship that lasted over a year. And, you know, I've expected boyfriends of cheating on me, you know, but I've, I never had proof 
but I don't know if I would have been able to stomach it you know the thought of it just on you know the basis alone that everyone's man is cheating because I wouldn't be able to convince my myself of that I would have to think that people's men are not cheating on them people are in committed relationships and yes there are some cheaters but you know that's just my um you know my my realist side speaking you know but I I believe in fairy tales and and I believe in love and 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 butterflies in your stomach and that whole giggly feeling um I and I think I get that from the fact that I love to read literature and a lot of my favorite literature is like old literature so I like to I like to be hyped up on on the dreams and and the fantasies um but I'm just too damn sensitive and I can I can only cry myself to sleep but for so many nights you know I I know what I want to see you know and and I can do bad all by myself ain't that what they say (laughs) ain't that what they say but I've left plenty of situations for like a lot less you know what I'm saying for you to be in a situation where you're being cheated on okay and you're okay with it I just couldn't see myself doing something like that and not because I'm judging you for what you've done you know what the situation that you're in I'm not saying that I'm just saying me personally not in a superior way could have not have done that because I'm just too sensitive you're a very strong person a very strong individual okay obviously to have made it this far seven years in the game with a ring you're a boss okay that's bad I couldn't stick around you know I couldn't put that much work and I couldn't put that much effort into knowing that when my man's not at home he's with somebody else okay that would really really mess with my mental you know and I'm I'm just not good with commitment but your relationship is your relationship However, I would think that if he's been doing this for the entire time, expecting him to like cut cold turkey doesn't seem realistic. You know, it would be difficult for anyone, even if he says, you know, that that's what he's going to do, you know, that that's his intention, you know. I wouldn't believe it you know if I came to him and asked him which I really do think that you should do I mean you're you're such a strong person that going to your man and asking him if after y'all get married is he going to continue to cheat on you shouldn't be a difficult thing for you to do um however I did read one time on Facebook that um 
don't go snooping for things or looking for things unless you're prepared to do something about it and this was like right around the time that I was like looking through my my man's phone trying to see who what he was doing and what he was about or whatever and I read that somewhere on Facebook it was like a meme or something and it really stuck with me because I would actually find things that were very suspect it you know it wasn't cold hard proof of him you know cheating but it was very suspect behavior and I still did nothing about it and even when I confronted him and he laid down all his excuses it was just an argument and I still stayed you know so I would say don't step up to him to discuss it with him unless you're prepared to walk away and you even said yourself that you don't want to lose him you don't know what what if he says something that will make you want to leave but I don't see what he could say that would make you want to leave if you've been sitting up here for seven years I mean I keep going over my head like seven years is such a long time I've never even been in a relationship for one year like I said seven years is a very long time you know but if you're not prepared to stand up for yourself and 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 move in a in a direction that would force you to be without him then I would say it's not worth bringing up you know just continue to play the role you've been playing because it there's no reason to switch it up now you know you're just going to end up confusing yourself you're going to end up confusing everyone and even if shit even if you did bring it up to him and he said that you know he's willing to fully commit to you like i said this is just my real inside speaking i would expect the worst i would expect somewhere in my marriage my husband was going to cheat on me you know and i would prepare myself for that faithful day of disappointment because you would need to be understanding as his wife because it's not like you didn't know what you were getting yourself into you know you've known all along who he is and you have loved him for that and you should continue to love him for that and if he changes if he's willing to change or willing to work on changing then you should embrace that i would not expect him to completely cut off cold turkey as soon as he marries you when y'all been together for seven years because what is marriage but a piece of paper okay you've all marriage is just you saying you're in this forever and most people get divorced okay divorce rates are very very high so most people get divorced so you're just saying you're in this forever but you've been in it for seven years already that's almost a decade of your life But, you know, I have to, you know, I'm going to give you a different side to this because I I do have a tender side to me. And I guess my tender side would, would say something along the lines of, you know, getting engaged should be a very happy and a joyous time for you. And you shouldn't be worried about confronting your man about cheating I mean you know what you're worth okay and I know 
seven years is a huge commitment and a chunk of your life that you can't get back. But you do not deserve a ring from a blatant cheater. You know better and you can do better. But remember, always remember, when I'm giving this advice, it's coming from a place of in, of interpretation of a figment of my imagination, okay? Because like I said, I usually have things to go off of. And with this, I've just never been in a situation like this. I don't have personal experience in this situation and I have no man okay and I have no ring and it's very hard for me to say this right now to you but I want to be real with you I want to be honest with you I want both of them I want a man and I want a ring and you know at the end of the day what's best for you you know you're either going to stick it out or walk away but you got to be okay with whatever decision that you make. No no regrets, okay? I wish you all the best, my love, and congratulations on the engagement. You are going to get everything that you want and everything that you desire because that is what you deserve. And if you want this man and you don't want this man cheated on you, then you have all the power to make that happen for yourself, okay? But make sure that you're being realistic about the situation and don't be too much in your head, okay? And try not to be so demanding about it. Okay. Hashtag damn I don't Tune in Sunday nights at 8 p.m. for the flower pot. Also, check out Faithfully Madam, the blog, at faithfullyoneself.com. New updates on the album every Thursday. Peace is love, Madam Wu, and good night.